Welcome to Wild Seed, the podcast. My name is Danny Smith, and today I have my best friend, business partner, Claudette Escarette. Hello, Claudette. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you. Claudette, would you like to introduce yourself? See, I was born and raised in New York, went to Dutchess Community College, um, and then I, you know, decided that the civilian sector wasn't Nice to me because I was getting in trouble all the time. Um, so I joined the military and made a career out of it. Stayed in there for 25 plus years and decided to become a business owner with you. Mm-hmm. So you grew up in New York City. Can you paint me a little bit more of a picture about what it was like growing up in New York City? For me, it was more of the arts. I love the arts. I love the sports. But I was always in trouble doing something that I wasn't supposed to be doing. As a matter of fact, after I joined the military, came back home to visit a good friend of mine, I ran into an old principal that I had. And he told me, he was like, oh, Claudette Escaret, I remember you because you were always in my office. <laughs> and I said, yes, I was. He goes, I would have pictured you dead or in jail. I said, I would have pictured me there, too. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so did you have any outlets that you utilized when you were growing up to help you kind of stay more focused and stay out of trouble? Like I said, sports. And I used to be in a group called um, School to Latinos. Mm -hmm. And that kept me out of trouble. What is School to Latinos? It was a program that um, started in high school Mm -hmm. that basically helped Latino children that were not going to class, um, having problems at home, trying to stay focused and helping us graduate. What made you decide to join the military? One, my family is military-based. Two, I was always getting in trouble. Mm -hmm. And three, I didn't see a future for me outside in the civilian sector. And why did you decide the Army? I decided the Army because it was something different than from what my rest of the family was doing. Because I have a brother that's a Marine. Mm -hmm. I have uncles that are in the Air Force. Mm -hmm. I have cousins in the Navy, Coast Guard, you know. And I wanted to do something different, more physical for me. And what was it like being a woman in the military? Oh, that's difficult because I think that the military, a lot of people in the military see that is a, a male's playground. Mm-hmm. But what they don't understand is, I believe that women are more empowering and they can do anything that a man can do. And which a lot of people was like, oh, you're going to go into the mechanic field. Why? That's a man's job. And I was like, no, it's an everybody's job. Because my father always taught me that a woman can do anything that we put our minds to. So you said you were a mechanic in the military. What else did you do? Logistics. Okay. I got tired of honestly getting my hands dirty. Right. And I said I wanted to, um, first I was going to get out the military. Then I had um, a commander that says, you know what? I think you would do good in the logistic fields. 
why don't you just convert over mm -hmm. instead of getting out of the military? And what was that change like? At first, it was boring <laughs> because I hate paperwork. Okay. But and then what I realized is I was helping people. And mm -hmm. I felt like I was impacting more people in the logistics field than in the mechanic field. And I like helping people. Right. And I like listening to pe what people have to tell you. I was like a counselor without even knowing I was a counselor. <laughs> you were deployed several times. Do you want to speak about that? Um, it was scary. Very eye-opening for me. Seeing a different environment and seeing how different people live and... You know, yeah, we were there for a purpose, but I also look at it as that we're scared, and so are they. But when you're over there, you don't realize the value that somebody else's life has. I went over there with the mentality that all these people are evil. You know, they're hurting us. But in reality, a lot of them are just like us, scared, and they're protecting their own. Right. So it's just like what we're doing they're also doing, too, mm -hmm. in, a, in a sense. And where did you deploy to? I went to Iraq and Afghanistan. Also, you could say Kuwait, you know, transitioning from Kuwait. I was in Germany. Mm -hmm. Now that you are separated from the military, do you still feel connected to the military in any way? No. I would say that I'm always connected to the military because when you're in the military, you meet people and you call them your battle. And regardless of... Whether you get out, stay in, whatever the case may be, you always run into somebody that was in the military that either you serve with or you could connect with. Once a soldier, always a soldier. Yes, ma'am. Um, and before you served, I know like this, the war in Afghanistan and the war in Iraq started because of 9-11, which you were a vital part of the recovery. Um, is there something you could speak to about the recovery mission for September 11th that you were part of? I'll tell you something. I belong to a unit in New York, upstate New York, right. um, where it was a reserve unit. And a lot of the reservists that were in the unit were firemen. One of the soldiers, his name was Staff Sergeant Ill, mm -hmm. Frederick Ill. He was a friend he was a father figure, very inspirational man, always had a good outlook in life. And he was a firefighter. When those towers went down, he went in there to help people and never made it out. So that hurt me the most. And that had a big impact on me. You know, when you go over there to help out and watching certain people say, why, are the, why is the army here or why is the military here? Why not be there? You don't have a problem with us protecting you during this time because mm -hmm. a lot of the time, a lot of the soldiers were used to do the security in downtown New York. Uh -huh. We were used to do some of the recoveries with our vehicles. If it wasn't for people like me serving, civilians wouldn't have a, a, a voice in this world. I am giving up my life but you could have privileges in this world. On behalf of everyone else, thank you for serving and thank you for your time and dedication. In 25 years, that is a big commitment to make in your life. So I appreciate you and thank you. Thank you. Yeah. You served in the military. You're retired now and you are an entrepreneur. What does being an entrepreneur mean to you? 
It means, to me, it means giving back to the community. Mm-hmm. And for those of you who don't know, Clyda and I own a food truck together. We do gourmet hot dogs and specialty coffee. The name of the business is Cafe de la Loba and New York Style Dirty Dogs. You can tell us why you chose the name Dirty Dog. Because in New York City, they are mm-hmm. boiled in water. Mm-hmm. So when you go to New York, a lot of people be like, oh, that's a dirty dog. Right. Because it's been sitting in that water all day. And I'd be like, yeah, it is. And it's the best dirty dog you're going to have. <laughs> Which, by the way, we don't let our dogs sit in dirty hot dog water all day. No. <laughs> we do not do it that way. We grill them uh, so or steam them. There's nothing wrong with a real dirty dog. <laughs> what would you say, in your opinion, was the biggest obstacle to think, opening our business? I think the biggest obstacle for us was initially getting that um, license, mm-hmm. initially getting that permit that we needed. Mm-hmm. Because when we started, it was COVID time. Mm-hmm. So it was hard for the inspectors to come out. Mm-hmm. I get the external part, but what about the internal part for you? Like, was there a particular trait that you felt like you had that allowed you to take that challenging obstacle and to maneuver it to us being successful? I think the one trait that I had was I'm good with my hands and learning how to fix it by myself. There was times that I've asked somebody to come out Mm -hmm. and check out the food truck and they would give me this ridiculous price. Mm -hmm. And I would be like, wow, I didn't know that was going to cost that much. But when you have people that... You trust and you ask for their opinion. They was like, Claudette, you could fix this yourself. I'll even look at YouTube to find, <laughs> to find a way to fix, you know, the problem. I guess what I'm hearing is you have the spirit of perseverance. And the spirit of perseverance didn't allow you to be deterred even when you came upon a challenging situation. For example, getting the permits to just open up our business in the first place. And not only are you good with your hands, but you also used your ability to say, okay, I'm looking at a problem that I'm not sure how to solve, but I'm going to persevere, even though I don't really know the answer right now. Would you agree with that? I will agree with that. I don't like giving up. I don't Mm -hmm. like giving up to a challenge. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I thrive on challenges. Right. What would you say was your biggest success in the food truck so far? To me, the biggest success is seeing somebody smile and telling me, wow, that's the best cup of coffee or that's the best hot dog that I've had. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's success. It makes me feel good that I'm making a product mm-hmm. or producing a product that somebody loves. Right. I agree. I think that when we are out on the road and we get to go to all these different neighborhoods and we get to go to all these different events, we meet so many people that we don't know that we're inspiring. Because uh, we, you, I rarely see female food truck vendors, prim- primarily most of them that we've met, I would, I think you would agree with me, have been male. And it's not easy being a food truck owner. It's actually a labor of love in real life because um, you're literally packing and unpacking a whole restaurant day after day, you know, Claudette. So I would definitely say I would agree with that. Like when people are do enjoy our product as much as we do, and they're like, wow, you know, we had an experience here. Like it was fun. We, it was, it was not just us picking up a, a coffee or a hot dog. We connected with those people, so I, yeah. I agree with you. And the funny thing is, a lot of people that come back, they say, not only did I come back because of the hot dog or the coffee that I got from you, mm-hmm. was 
it was also because of the conversation that we had. Right. You know, because while we're making the hot dog, we we conversate with these people, right. these customers, and some of them are funny. <laughs> some of them tell us their whole life story in, in less than five minutes. Yeah, I, I've been there. I've experienced it for <laughs> sure. Um, so, again, another question I wanted to ask you about, you know, being an entrepreneur, being a business owner, you said it's about community. And so how do you feel like you give back to your community? How do you think our food truck gives back to the community? Like I said, a lot of the times we donate our time. Mm-hmm. A lot of the times we are there for events that make a difference. You know, I think that's how we give back. We also volunteer <laughs> in the community. So like not just not just with the food truck, but just as individuals. Um, we go out, we help pick up trash around the city, you know, we volunteer our time at the the elderly home, you know, I think things like that are, are important ways that we give back as entrepreneurs and we help out, um, to make a difference. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely right. So just a little bit more about you so people can get to know you. Is there someone that you look up to as a business owner that kind of helps you to say, okay, I want to be more like this and less like that? I look up to... A lot of people. I look up to, believe it or not, even though I don't spend time with this person, I look at him and I was like, oh, I want to run my business a little bit like him. And that's um, Rain City. I see how he runs his business. I see... He being Kenny Rogers. Yes, Mm -hmm. Kenny. Well, I know his name is Kenny. I don't know his last name. But I know what he um, runs. And I'm like, oh, I want to be more like him in the aspect that not only does he have a business, but I see that he gives to his community. He always gives back to the community. Right. Yeah. You know, that inspires me. So other than Kenny giving back and inspiring, no, I'm not just saying, not, other than just him giving back, is there anything else about Kenny that you appreciate that you would probably say that is something that you admire and you would like to replicate yourself? The way that he talks to his customers the way that he treats people. Mm-hmm. To me, that's inspiring to me, how you treat somebody. I also met somebody at Wild Ginger. I met her for the first time, walked in the door. She inspires me. Her name is Jenny. I'm not sure her last name, but seeing her and the way that she interacts with her customers was amazing to me. I went in there, and she was so cheerful. Like nothing could face her. And she, you would give her your name, she remembers your name. Mm-hmm. You know, um, there was customers in there that were sitting down and didn't even know that lady spoke Spanish. She started speaking to Spanish to these um, customers. And that matters because she was able to connect with them connect in a way that into, was relatable. Yes. Yeah. And I was like, wow. And she just had a pleasant aura about her. Mm-hmm. That made me feel like customers love going in there. Exactly. Which is also the same thing that I think you and I try to replicate in our food truck business, where people are excited that we're coming into their event, where they're excited that we're coming to their neighborhood. So I I could appreciate that, and I agree for sure. Yes. Yeah. So you're in the military for 25 years. You're an entrepreneur. What else do you do? I like to draw. Mm -hmm. I like to write poetry. A lot of people don't know that about me. Uh Uh-huh. Um, I like helping people. Right. And I love to work on my hands. I like to fix things. You know, I like to I like to play sports. I love basketball. Yes. I love do. I love competing. Right now 
Um, I haven't been able to do everything that I'm passionate about right. because of my health conditions. Right. But once I feel 100%, I'm going to be getting back to everything that I used to love to do. So just to um, touch on your health conditions right now, Claudette has been going through the process of reconstruction surgery as a result of having breast cancer. So I'll, the last three years, am I right? Started in 2021. So two I years had, or so. Um, yeah. yeah, 2021 I had um, a double mastectomy. Right. 2022 I had my first reconstruction surgery. 2023 I've had my second reconstruction surgery. And hopefully that will be my last surgery that I have to go through. And breast cancer runs in your family, as I understand, right? It does. Yeah. You know, um, I believe my grandmother from my father's side had it. Um, My cousin Maria had it. And the only thing that I will say to any female and males, Mm -hmm. because males get it too, um, is if you feel something, get yourself checked. Right. Um, That's very important because I believe... Um, that a lot of minorities don't like. I mean, we don't have the health insurance, so we set, tend not to go to the doctor. Or we had an experience at a hospital that we don't like, so we say we're not going to get ourselves checked. Oh, I'll be okay. Right. And that is the worst thing that you could do. So for all my female um, counterparts out there and the males, please, if you feel a certain way and only we know what our body is going on with our body, get right. yourself checked. Yeah. And this is your third time dealing with breast cancer in your life, right? Yeah, this is my third time. So she knows what she's talking about. I was as stubborn as a mule because I hate going to the doctors. Right. But um, if you feel anything, people, please get yourself checked. You know, now you're dealing with loving yourself in a different way because you feel like your body is not what it used to be. What does self-care look like for you? Oh, that's a good question. To me, for a very long time, I was not taking care of myself. Mm -hmm. I thought that if I go to therapy, um, that will make you weak. I would eat a lot of junk, you know. So now I have to um, regroup and say I have to take care of my mental health. Mm-hmm. I have to eat properly. I have to take care of Claudette because nobody is going to take care of Claudette but herself. You can't expect anybody to take care of you. But what I could tell you is that being in the military and learning that I had breast cancer and everything with the PTSD that I got from the military, I've learned that I have to say, you know what, taking care of my mental health is not a sign of weakness. It's a sign of power. Right. You know, Um, and it's not right. I feel like certain people in the military higher up say, if you get yourself, if you go to a mental health therapist, oh, that's going to stop you from being in the military. No, that is not true. Take care of your mental health because not only are you affecting yourself, you're um, affecting the people that love you and you're putting pressure on them. And I think that's the number one thing is take care of you. So what is something that you would say that you're doing more of to show yourself that self-love? Like I said, I try to exercise now. I go to therapy at least three times a week. Um, I eat a lot better. Um, why? Because I want to be here a lot longer. I have things that need to be done. I, I want to make sure that when I leave this world that I left a part of me, a positive part, uh, a part that says Claudette made a difference. 
And it's not only for me. I want to make a difference to my veterans. Right. I want to make a difference to my young community. I want to make a difference to people that have had breast cancer, any type of cancer. Because I feel like if you educate yourself, you can help somebody else that is going through the same thing that you've been through mm-hmm. or are going through. Thank you for being a mentor, even if you don't always think that you are a mentor. I know you want a personal way. So I, I believe that just like me, we both tend to downplay how much we matter and how much we do give to other people with our genuineness and our love. I want to thank you for that. And You're welcome. Thank you some, for saying that to me. I have a strange question, but when do you feel most comfortable? I feel most comfortable when I'm by myself and I could have time to regroup with myself and talk to myself and tell myself, I love you, Claudette. You know, because that's important. You could hear it from somebody else. Somebody could tell you all day long, I love you. Mm-hmm. But if you don't love yourself mm-hmm. and find that love that you need for yourself, no matter what people tell you, you're not going to believe it yourself. Right. And when do you feel most loved? I feel most loved, like when I say, when I'm taking care of myself. When I am actually taking time for myself, doing art, playing a sport. That's when I say I love myself. And I could take time and say, wow, Claudette, you did this for you. Not for nobody else, right. but for you. And when are you the happiest? I'm the happiest when I'm eating, to tell you the truth. <laughs> when you're eating what? <laughs> when I'm eating anything, because I enjoy it. I wouldn't say anything. No, when I'm, I'm happiest best when I'm eating chocolate. Really? I lo- oh, yes. Okay. I get I get very happy. Again, thank you for sharing your time. And is there any other ways to find you, Claudette, or follow you, support you? I actually have a site. It's boobywarriors.com. It's to help, well, raise money for breast cancer mm-hmm. awareness. And what I'm going to do with that is help my, um, first help pay some of the bills that I have. I have um, a lot of bills. Even Ongoing though, medical bills associated with the breast cancer, yeah. Yes. Even though that the VA and TRICARE paid for majority of it, I still have three quarters that I have to pay for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, but other than that, the rest of the money that I'm going to raise, and it's not only to raise money for me, I'm going to raise money for other people that cannot afford the health care um, yeah. bills that they have, because I think that's very important. Fortunate for me, I was able to have health insurance that will that paid majority of it, but other people don't have what I have. So, with that being said, going forward, I would, you know, like people to look at that website and to give a helping hand, not only for me but for other people to come. So it's a booby warrior campaign, and the website is boobywarrior.com. And again, this is to help raise funds right now for. Claudette's campaign to pay for her medical bills. But in the future, we would like to utilize this to help other people who are dealing with breast cancer or other any other type of cancer. Any to, type of cancer. Right, to, um, to pay for their bills because, just like Claudette said, she has the insurance to pay it off. But sometimes other people don't have all those benefits that we do. So thank you, Claudette, for being here. I appreciate you. Thank you for having me.